First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Are we recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rank Rat Report podcast. Recording this one Tuesday, March 14th. You're probably listening to it on the 15th. Joined by Jason today. Yes, sir. Just us two. First time. A couple weeks we've actually done it like this. But anyways, we're going to be getting into... We've only got two games from this past week, which is kind of crazy based on how the Leafs played in the second period last night. But yeah, only two games. Uh, we're going to take a look at some themes from this team. Um, there's been a lot of debate about certain parts of it, goaltending, 11-7, and 12-6, and six, all of that. We're going to get into all of that in tons of detail because we don't have much to talk about with these games. Um, first game up, the Oilers game. They had a few days off beforehand. It was very rocky, very up and down, but the Leafs did pull ahead away in that one. Um, oh yeah, we usually talk about the most recent one first. Damn it! Whatever, we'll just stick it. Like- the Oilers game was so much more exciting. That's, That's why. why I want to talk. I wanted to go to that one first, but let's get to the, the the Sabers game then. Fine. It was just a tale of two games. They they looked good in the first half, and they looked like complete dog water in the second half. There's no other way to put. It. They 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 looked terrible. Yeah. Uh, they looked tired. Tired was a big tired. Theme. They looked a little frustrated. I don't know why, but uh, I guess like little penalties, little little nonchalant with things. Um, Way too nonchalantly in front of the yeah. net. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I don't know. And I, yeah, it's just that was a weird game. That was second. Puck management went to shit. Matt Murray second game. Like I don't want to say back to back, but first time in a while he's played but like two, two games consecutively. Yeah. Right. So that's true. Little. Interesting things to pick up across this game. Just don't. I wouldn't say Matt Murray looked more tired in this game. He just does not. I'll, I'll get into it more later. He does not look very good right now. No. He at doesn't. all. He doesn't look like. I want to get an exact read on it. I ha- I'm going to have to go back to the beginning of the season, compare there to actually get a 100% point on this one. But he does not look 100% healthy. He doesn't look very good. His movements look very choppy. His he's again getting stuck in that locked and low is what they call it when your feet spread way too far apart and you end up getting locked in and you you can't move very well, as well as being hunched over. I'm seeing that a lot from him. Um, yeah, as well as just his movements look terrible. And there's t- too many times where he ends up not square to the puck anymore when off of plays that are moving. Like he just completely crumples it looks like so not that not to say the sabers game was his fault at all but he just he looks bad yeah he made I, some saves against the sabers but he looks bad i mean since i i don't know if i jinxed him for like giving him praise for having that one game where he had like the record-breaking game of the six goals game? saved above expected whatever well, it's been downhill since i'm then. pretty sure he's had like he's been terrible been since, like literally terrible since then. then. His last so, five starts, he's got like an eight seventy seven. Yeah, last five starts, he led in four I mean, goals. Like, and that's just like, it's listen. not really fair because when you look at it, he's only had three in the past like three months. Yeah, yeah, but the right. the game before that was the game he played. He got yanked in where he Florida played the game. Yeah, that he, was forever ago. Yeah, when was that? What day was that game? Is it not? In uh, it's. The 17th, uh, January 17th. January 17th. So that was the last time Matt Murray. That was almost three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Three or two. Can't remember. Not doing the math. Anyways. Two and um, two. Yeah. Yeah. So with the Sabres game, like with the Sabres, from what I've seen from the first two games, what I noticed with them, neutral zone defense is extremely weak. Where did the Leafs, where were the Leafs able to generate their first two goals? Actually, three. Ah. Nylanders was kind of from the blue line. We'll, we'll give him that's from the blue line, sure, on a six on five. The first two goals, where did they come from? Off the rush. Off the rush. What happened in the second part of the game? You got sloppy. Your puck management was horrible. 
and you weren't able to create any offense, especially off the rush. So that, that's where I felt like it all fell apart. The first two goals, though, Austin Matthews looked terrific. The second yeah. goal especially strips Tage Thompson, able to get the puck starting, sort of moving on that breakout the other way, uh, drives down the ice hard, takes the defenseman with him, and Cal Yarncroft's able to bury it. Like, that looked really, really nice from him. And then the first, I mean, the, the first goal was his goal as yeah. well. Like, yeah. I love that play from, from Marner going to the net there. That was a solid, solid play. Solid game for he him. He kind of looked that. like Alex Kerfoot on that, on that drive <laughs> come there. On, I mean, come on. stick handled it right into the goalie, but luckily the rebound was, uh, was pretty juicy. There was Alex Kerfoot. Was that his, did he get the primary assist on that I one? I think so. Cause he kicked it. He kicked it yeah. <laughs> so kicked I, it to Matt I think that's technically an assist. That's, that's not, not bad. I've seen guys get goals off their butts, so it's, I don't yeah. think you need to pass tape to tape to get the assist. But yep. That's the nicest thing I'll say about Kerfoot because he is a first-line player who hasn't scored in 25 games. Yeah. That's inexcusable. Yeah. Just plain and simple. Hopefully that regression <laughs> comes in the playoffs too. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, but um, any other positive things to say about... The regression is coming, though. You know, it, ha- it has he's to. Going he's going to. He, he literally is... goal has to He's come. the worst shooting percentage from a Leafs forward ever, I think. Ever? Yeah, like I think ever. So... I, I, I forget. Someone was tweeting about it today. He's like, I, his shooting percentage this year is three. He's not like he's he's not a good goal scorer, but it's like you, you, it's tough to make the NHL like and have that be like your actual shooting percentage. You know that it his should. Shot's just also not that good. Yeah, no, like, shot isn't good. Shot's like, terrible. Yeah, I don't it's know. Weak. There's not much movement on it. No deception to it. Like, like his last goal came in Matt Murray's last start. Wow, that is a <laughs> 20, that is ironic. Twenty some odd games ago, that yeah, is his ironic. last goal was against Florida. Interesting. That's uh, that's kind of funny. But <laughs> last, yeah. Anyways, um, also in this game, yeah, I thought the top line played well, but they also did make mistakes on, I think one or two of the goals against. I would say. Like you didn't get much. Correct me if I'm wrong. You didn't get much generation from, like, offensive generation outside of people not named Matthews, Nylander, Marner, John Tavares. Uh, I don't think so. I I don't remember. I I I think you're right though. I I don't think we got. What do the numbers say? Uh, like the on ice numbers. Like, yeah, no, we basically got nothing from them. What yeah. about the individual? Uh, the indiv like in individual like expected goals numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just looking at that, it's just the big four and then Nolichari sit, sitting up there. Okay. And then I guess yeah. Yarn Crook's there too, but I don't know. His his goal isn't highly rated on individual expected goals. I think the actual play itself was like... Who was good, it, Nolichari? No, Yarn Crook oh, when he Yarn. scored. I don't know. To think that that, that was, was only mid-range. Po- 0.07. Like, I guess so. Mid-range, no it screen. Was mid-range. There, there was a little bit of traffic we'll call it yeah. like you got to think that when like you got to notice like it, it was off the rush he had a lot of time and space with it and i think he just placed it well yeah and and, and i think matthews being on the to ice score against craig anderson yeah. on the leafs when you're playing the when you are on the leafs and you score a goal against craig anderson like save the puck oh my god they yeah. don't come very often it seems like yeah, this guy and, turned into prime dominic hasek when he plays the leafs yeah he need Literally the exact the ex- like, exact same day last year he beat us. So, uh, <laughs> oh, in, like in the outdoor, March fourteenth, March thirteenth in the outdoor game, uh, which happens to also be my friend's birthday, March thirteenth. So his nice. last Happy two birthday. birthday gifts from the lease were stinker loss and stinker loss. So, if uh, you want to call it stinker loss, but yeah, it was not uh, not the most fun to watch that third yeah. period and just watch the game slip away slowly but surely. But you, you did know it was kind of coming. Yeah, and and another funny thing that I want to point out too is that like you you were you were talking about like offensive like generation from our team like 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 just looking at Corsi four numbers like it's like you said it was just the big four but then Eric Gustafson Justin Hall Jake McCabe and Mark Giordano were all above fifty percent Corsi four percentage mm-hmm. from our defensemen. Um, and where I'm going with this is that. Listen, this wasn't a great game for Timothy Lilligren. No. Not a good like not the best game for TJ Brody either. But like Morgan Riley produced literally nothing on the ice that oh. game. Like lit- like literally nothing. I believe his uh, did his, make a nice step up on the six on five. Yes. Okay. On the Nylander well, goal. This is at five on five. That's on what five I five on five. At five okay. on five, he yeah. is literally he produced 
while on on the ice, he was second last. What are, last, what are the exact numbers? So the sa- exact numbers. Last was Sam Lafferty. He on ice point oh one expected goals for. Congrats. He was also on the ice for two goals against. Morgan Morgan Riley on the ice for point zero nine expected goals for. And this is our offensive defenseman. It's a little that's a little scary and a little yeah. concerning. Like very, 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 very concerning for me. Because like if you're not like the whole point of Morgan Riley is to provide offense and to mm-hmm. alleviate offense and to use his transition skills to like get the puck, promote the puck to a better area of the ice, get your get the puck out of your zone into the offensive zone. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's just like he hasn't been good this year. That's like atrocious. Yeah, Th- this is atrocious. And I don't know if we're rolling with the eleven and seven. And we're going to talk about this later because of I don't know what Keith's. I can never you can never step inside his mind, but like. The odd man out right now is Morgan Riley. If you were if you were to have to scratch someone, he should he actually should be, he should be the one scratched. Maybe wow. Eric Gustafson. Like if if Luke Shen is coming in, like I would hate to see. Like I like we said this last episode, I don't want to see uh, Timothy Lilligren scratch. I don't think that makes sense, mind you. He didn't have the best he didn't have the best game last game at all, yeah, and I'm worried I'm worried that he might get scratched because of it. But like if we're gonna talk if we're gonna scratch people for not having a good game, let's actually scratch. Like let's actually do it with, with other guys here. Just because this guy wears an A, accountability. And, yeah, like the was where, that the quote from Sheldon Keith. Oh like, yeah, we have a lot of competition now. We have to hold people accountable. Yeah, well, like, like listen, I feel like I feel like people are coddling. Like Timothy Lilligren did have a first good first half to the season. He has struggled post trade deadline. Call it like from the Edmonton game until now. After that Seattle game, played fantastic in Seattle. Had goal or two or a point or two. I can't remember the exact number, but played fantastic against Seattle. Since then, it's been very, very rough. And it resulted in him getting scratched one or two times, I believe. But it has not been good. And last night was another not-so-good game. I wonder, like, I don't know, like, the momentum behind it, like him getting scratched. And, like, it never results... When you scratch Timothy Logan, the the next game is never good. Yeah, and it's never it's bad. It's the op, it's the it's the not it's not the right right way to deal with him as a no. player and to get a response out of him, right? Like not if at all. if uh, we're looking at guys, like there's there's different way you can motivate players, and like it doesn't look like Timothy like scratching Timothy Logan helps them become like more motivated, I guess. So, no. um, but the issue yeah, is we saw it last year, right? Yeah. I'll get into this later, actually, with the defense and the the deployment and all of that. But yeah, like in general, our defense, like normally guys who play well didn't play well, and normally guys who play poorly have played like atrociously, like against again, like you you like. Sorry, I, I hate to keep hammering this home, but like Morgan Riley is supposed to be good in transition. He's supposed to be good. Buffalo is literally one of the worst teams in transition in the NHL. One of the worst defensive teams in the NHL, and you can't muster it up like literally anything, like. That's brutal. That that is freaking brutal. I'm sorry. Like that's terrible. And like, I don't know. I, I just need to. I want to peek at like who he, who he played his most minutes with. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, Last night it was Giordano. That's that's I, that that's not a good excuse. No, I, I meant I meant forwards. Like you're, you're playing you're, Nylander. You're playing the most minutes with Nylander, Matthews, Marner, like and, and Tavares. Well, I'm talking five, about Timothy Lilligren. Sorry, I, I was talking about Morgan Riley at five on five. Like oh, okay, yeah. When when William Nylander's on the ice, Corsi and more, when Morgan Riley and William Nylander are on, are on the ice, Corsi four two, Corsi against eight. Mm-hmm. Like wh- what are we doing here? Come on, like you're supposed to be promoting our guys, helping them out, not essentially dragging them down with you. Like yeah. So, anyways, um, that was just my little tangent there. I mean, I'm looking at like the Edmonton game. I only have the numbers for the Edmonton game, but like. Exits wise did pretty well. Controlled exits three. Um only one turnover in the defensive end in, in terms of defensive touches, only had one on twelve touches, like played decently against Edmonton, I would say. Controlled the power play pretty well. But yeah, last night was not his finest work. Um just no other way to put it. There was a moment at six on five also where Matthews had the guy tied up, the puck was there. Net was empty, and instead of attacking the puck, he waited back for some reason. I don't, I didn't understand that one, but in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't impact much. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with these defense. They're they're just playing too many of them at one time. But let's get into the close. Like let's close off the Buffalo game. Like I, I felt like 
on the, I don't even know. You can't even, like the goals were bang, bang goals, but it wasn't bang, bang plays. You were hemmed in your zone for several minutes. Um, in the second, starting from the second period, you were hemmed in your zone for several minutes. You took that penalty. I think it was Eric Gustafson took it, or there was a Mark Giordano penalty that wasn't very, you wouldn't want to take either in there. Like just the penalties were not very good. There was a late penalty. I forget from who. Um, who was the late penalty on that resulted in Buffalo's fourth goal? That was again, that was a stick infraction penalty. Was it? Was it Hall or Giordano? Like, I, I felt think. like I think it was Giordano, maybe. Mm, I think his was in the second. Just look oh, it up. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, like it was, you built up so much momentum on home ice. You were looking good, and then it just all unraveled. It was really disappointing to see, but I don't know. I, I, I think the the theme, if you were to look at a theme from these past two games, the number one thing that I saw was that your core four players, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and we'll even throw in Ryan O'Reilly when he's back. Those four are so important to this team going anywhere. The Leafs improved their depth. They improved their 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 uh defenseman as well. They had they like they added Jake McCabe. That's a huge add right there. They added Nolachari, who's a good fourth line center. They added Sam Lafferty, who played absolutely horrible last night, but I think brings something. He just needs to, you know, stop yeah. chasing the damn puck. Yeah. Needs to be but a better spot. Yeah. The themes from these two games where your core four are going to take you the, the, that's where you're going to be taken, as far as they will take you. And what, I, what do I mean by that? You're down 3-1 to Edmonton. Who scored all the three goals next to put you, uh, to put you into the lead 4-3? Actually, 5-3, all the way to 5-3. It was the boys. It was the boys. Yeah. Marner started the turn. Or, or What was the 3-2 goal? Was that the was Marner? It, I really believe nice that was one? the Marner one, yeah. Marner scored a nice one there. Marner forced a turnover, got it to Nylander. Nylander scored. We got a Matthews goal, uh, Tavares goal on the fourth one, Matthews goal on the fifth one. Like, they were the reason you turned it around. It wasn't a big hit. Like, all of those things do matter. When you're looking at, like, splitting hairs, you're very close to Tampa, you're very close with Boston, whatever. You do want to get those edges here and there. But if you're just focusing on those, you're missing the forest from the trees. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander are so important to this team and can change a game so, so well. Where am I going with this? They're playing way too much right now. You're burning them out. Average over the last four games, Mitch Marner's averaging 23 minutes time on ice. Like the lowest of the four is John Tavares at 1930 right now. Nylander's over 20. Matthews is over 20. Your top four time on ice leaders on average over the past four games, four of the five, sorry, four of the top five time on ice guys are forwards. You need to reel it in a little bit. So that you have that extra juice for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see I, I, I get that. That makes sense. Uh I I think you're right. They do need to reel it in for the playoffs. But also like I I'd expect them to be playing these minutes in the playoffs, and that's what I'd like yeah, to Yeah, that's like where you to need see. to Yeah, they that's need to play those be. minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. Why do they need to be playing those minutes against Buffalo? You're why right. They, they they shouldn't be. I'd, why does Mitch Martin need to be killing every single penalty? Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't really have to be, but um yeah, I don't know. That's you're right. They do play a lot of minutes, but it's not. Matthews twenty three nineteen last night. Marner twenty two two thirty. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Like you're you're right that you you don't want to burn them out. Yeah. Nylander twenty two twenty four. The the thing is, there's also still there's only sixteen game fourteen games left. Sixteen games left. Sixteen right. games left. It's supposed so. to be. We have this is where you want to kind of load manage, I guess, right? A little bit. Okay, yeah. Not load managed, but like 17, 16. You got to find those games where you, you, you know, take some a little bit off, right? So just a thought. Yeah. Because well, these two games really highlighted how important they were. Yeah. This is also all a function of us going like 11 and 7 yep. versus going uh, 12 and 6, which is what most yeah. teams uh, do and normally do. But, yeah, it's it's weird because – you, I I swear when teams do this, 
the the four the the top four tend to still play like normal defensive minutes, but it's the bottom three that kind of get rotated for the defensemen, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not really what we're playoffs, seeing. You mean not in playoffs, but like when Tampa did this a lot during the season two years ago, like oh in the season, yeah, we've we've seen teams do this in the season, mostly like okay. mostly it was yeah. just Tampa, but like it's those third line guys that get rotated out. The weird thing that we're doing is that like. Everyone's just playing like a lot of minutes for our de- not a lot for our defensive, but it's just like a cluster of a minutes, mediocre amount. Yeah, like, where it's like no one's really come out, and maybe this is—I don't know if this is a message from Sheldon Keith to say like someone needs to step up, but it feels like it's not a great way to send that message. Yeah, in my opinion. like I—I I, I really don't understand why they're doing this now of all times. So uh, that uh, with the defenseman, I don't get, and then also on top of that, it's like. We traded to get Eric Gustafson in and like, all right, you want to get him looks, see what he's like, right? He's a UFA for us. Keep so. him engaged. Exactly. But we just literally just spent the entire year scratching, like scratching guys. It's like like our young guys, Sandin and Lilligren, like we couldn't find. We weren't scratched that much. We couldn't find time to, to get those guys in at a lot, like at seven defensemen. Like I, I don't understand it anyways. Yeah, you you did. No, You got did. them in at third pairing. You couldn't find top four minutes for those guys. Yeah. You only did when there was injuries. Yeah. and they, That was the difference. Right now you're trying to fit Eric Gustafson in, period, to keep him engaged because they don't want a situation where Morgan Riley goes down, you need Eric Gustafson on your PP1, and he hasn't played in a month. I guess, but... Like, Rasmus Sandin averaged 16 minutes. 16 and a half minutes is a leaf. But, Eric Gustafson's way below that right now. You know how many minutes Mark Giordano played last night? Under 15. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know I just think thirteen fifty this this muddies the water of that trade for me I think just consistently going eleven and seven he's but, an insurance piece That's yeah it. yeah but like Rasmus Sandin might be the best better the better insurance piece we actually don't know like he actually might be the way he's playing on Washington we've got a first on it that's the thing sure Washington plays pond hockey it's very tough to evaluate like just from the numbers oh his Corsi relative is fantastic right now that's awesome who's it relative to it's not a playoff level defenseman it's gabriel carlson that was on waivers from columbus he's still he's still putting up like he's playing well he's playing as we expected though yeah he's playing like a good awesome off, like, how did eric gustafson yeah. look in in washington he looked better fantastic yeah he looked like that as well why they play a very loose just hey you got to go out there you got to score some goals that's it but then I, I guess what I'm saying is like why would why why is he still on the team then if we feel Eric like he, Gustafson? Yeah. I because in case Morgan Riley goes down, that's the reasoning. All right, fair that's enough. That's the reasoning. Fair enough. That's it. Fair enough. He's Morgan Riley insurance, pretty much. Because we didn't get him we didn't go, oh, we need to make this Rasmus Sandin trade so that we can get a seventh defenseman. Just a seventh defenseman, like we did with uh when we traded a fifth for Ben Hutton or whatever. Yeah. Like, what was he insurance for? I, I don't know. know. We Nothing. did it, though. We did it. Didn't need him. But that's what that's literally the definition of insurance, right? So, I mean, maybe they looked at, like, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, they, they wanted to maximize their value for Rasmus Sandin. If they kept him another year, played him 16 minutes in and out, like up and down the lineup kind of thing. Who knows what it would have been worth. Then you have them on an expiring RFA deal. I don't know. Maybe they do something with that first in the summer. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But, yeah, this team never ceases to surprise us. But that's why. Gustafson is literally just insurance. And so do we think point. Do we think maybe the 11-7 and seven thing is less so about the defenseman and more so the fact that we lost Ryan O'Reilly? We'll get into that. Let's talk about the Edmonton game real quick. Okay. I wanted to get into... The uh, <clears throat> that goal, the rapper on goal. Do you blame Justin Hall on that? I saw some no, that, people that, blame him. That is, I think that's incredibly absurd to blame Justin Hall on that play. If it wasn't our, a great play by him. It's, but it, you're like, listen, it wasn't a great play. It's Evander by him. Kane. Evander Kane got behind it's him. McDavid, like Evander Kane got behind him. Right. Justin Hall got a stick on stick. Like defended the the lane to the net. We'll say pretty well. Well enough. But he wasn't in a good enough defensive position to ride him out into the corner to take him out fully. Did enough. Satisfactory work, we'll call it. Yeah. 
So why did the puck go in? Where was our goalie? Our goal. I sent a picture to you. Our goalie was his left pad. Like his, he bit. This, he bit on not much of a shot yeah. with Justin Hall's stick in the way, and he ended up outside of the net. Yeah, the skate of his left pad was still in the crease. Yeah, the rest was, of his body was out of the net. So he, it's just, just he went. Yeah, so I, I don't know how you can even blame that on Justin Hall. That was a lot on Matt Murray. Yeah, if it, if it was a clear lane, like if he had like a shooting lane and it was open and he gave you a good shot fake and you went down, sure. It wasn't much of a shot fake. There wasn't much of a clear shooting lane and he ended up outside of the net. That was the ugliest goal from this week for me. Yeah, that was really bad. And I don't think he, yeah. Matt Murray has not played like whatever last game, last game, Sabres game is whatever. Just his control, his form, it just all just, looks very bad. Yeah. The one goal that I will say that I, I was like, wow, on the Matthias Ekholm goal. And I'll break this down a few ways. And I've been waiting all week to break this one down. So Sam Lafferty or the line with Sam Lafferty on, it wasn't totally his fault. Probably was. They all go four guys to one side. For some God knows what reason, they go four guys to one. Um, we'll call it Matt Murray's glove hand side. So that leaves Matthias Ekholm wide open, time and space on the right side. Devin Bouchard makes a great heads up pass to him, recognizes that Matthias Ekholm has time and space. He doesn't take the shot from the closest angle in, but when you watch what he does, he takes, he steps in as he should. He winds up, he holds it at the top, just like a little bit. Holds it a little bit, and what does this do? If you hold it at the top like that, and you're gliding a little bit, you're still gliding a little bit, if the goalie isn't matching where you're going, it puts him off center a little bit. And that gave him that shorthand side, and he rifled that shelf. So Matt Murray was a little bit off center because he wasn't following him quite as you were supposed to because, I mean... Let's get real. It's a six foot four monster winding up pretty close in on a slap shot like that. Like you really do have to be cognizant as a goalie. Like when when the slap shot comes up and they're on a rush and they're moving to one side, that you're following with them because you sometimes you can get well a lot of the times you can get locked in and then you end up off center, right? And that's what happened there. And he went short side and it was beautiful, great heads up play from Bouchard and a fantastic shot from Matthias Ekholm there. Wanted to talk about that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a great play from them. Um, you don't feel like Matt Murray maybe could have given himself a better... Like, I guess he kind of... He was slightly off-center. He off was center, challenging. So. He was just off-center a little bit. Okay. That's... So, it just... Yeah. Why? What did you see? No, I just... I, I just... I wish we had a goalie who would, like, make those kinds of saves. Because, obviously, that's a good that shot. That's a great shot. But... That's, that's just a great shot. I mean, it's... Yeah. I don't know. The rapper on goal, Sure. The wraparound that's goal. That's a real like. I, no, that's I, that's like an NHL goalie yeah, should no. never let that in ever. That's the type. The of, Matthias at home shot, like that's a yeah, that's this, a great short side shot. You would hope that pinpoint you, accuracy on a slap shot like that. That's yeah. Just don't give them that much time and space. You want to you you want to know how to stop that? Don't go four forwards to one side. I see you're watching it. Like, yeah, yeah. Sam Lafferty definitely got caught there, but it's not like he's in the most dangerous bang. area. But yeah, that's a hard shot. Sometimes you just got to respect the shooter. I guess again, I, it's that. just a little scary because you'd hope that, like again, like if Man, he's six four, he was challenging on the play, I, I, he got beat. Yeah, it's a great shot. But like you, Samson, I was not making that save. I like it's it's a good shot. That's the problem. Like I, I would want, I want goalies. There's can, a lot of goalies that are not making that save. Okay, plain and simple. All right, that's a great shot, in well, my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, like I, I tried to break it down. Oh, was he off center? Was he not square to the puck? Was he challenging on this one? He was I, I just almost. Feel, he was a little bit off center. That was it. But I just feel like, like, listen, I'm not a goalie. But if you get beat short side when the guy is basically on the boards, like that's not something that should happen as a goalie. It's like, a great shot. I guess to it is. fit it in on a slap shot short side like that high takes a lot of. That's. It's, I don't know if he's doing that ten times out of ten. Yeah, for sure. But that also means that, anyways, that you're just not covering that that side of the net. And again, like you said, he, he was, was a bit off center. But so. it, why was he off center? Because the defenseman had time and space with the puck. Why do you have time and space with the puck? The least collapsed in the defensive zone, to one side. Maybe, yeah. 
What do you mean maybe? I, I personally disagree with you. I think that should have been a save, but like, I, again. Why, are, why do we have four guys on one side of the ice? That, that, that's that, Again, there's going to be defensive, but there's going to be defensive laps. It was a though. horrible defensive yeah, laps. Yeah, of course. And I'm not, it wasn't like, I'm not oh, ex- they came in, they zipped the puck around, and guys got out of position. Yeah, it was a bad defense. It, defi- was, a, you, you it could, was just a guy walked in, it went to the left side, and everyone followed him for you some s- reason. You see the left winger. I don't know if it was Nylander or who it was, but they were like, literally directing Sam Lafferty to like, you should be on the other wing. So like... Yeah, obviously it wasn't, wasn't a good defense lap, but but also like allowing a goal from outside the circle, close to the board, short side. It wasn't outside of the circle. It was outside of the circle. I just watched. It. I just watched it. He was outside of the circle. He was just on the inside of it. He wasn't that close in. He was outside of the scoring area. I'll give you that, but no, I mean he was just, just inside. All right, so just inside the circle. He rifled that. That was like a hundred miles beside hour the board. Shot. Fast shot for sure. Here's the thing: it's the NHL. If you give guys time and space with the puck, they will score. Yeah. Well, Nobody was near. Like if there was a stick in the way, if there was traffic, like he rifled that. Yeah. That's our, I got. I, I got to respect the shooter on that one. Anyways, that was the that was like maybe the the was sixth the worst, worst goal, goal in the sixth worst goal. Game, Mac, yes. Mac Murray gave up this past week, so that's not that's like less yeah. less so the problem. But no, the Buffalo goals were all nice. Yeah. Okay. So those were tic tac. Come on. Fourth, fourth worst goal. Yeah. Made, like, a, made a nice breakaway save to keep it 2 2. Did yeah. he not? Yeah. Yeah. Right. All of them were behind the net. As we've said in, on the show before, behind the net, quick pass up in, into the scoring area. And what happened? They buried it. They put it in very nicely in the Buffalo game. Like, there's not much you can do. Like I said, he looked like shit, but he, those goals were very, very nice. Yeah. But right again, like the two that I didn't like, the McDavid goal was not very nice. Like it was just a five hole shot. Yeah, he came that in, was, he that came in pretty close. That, I, that was in the scoring area too. Yeah, but it looked like he almost fanned on it. Just went along the ice, and he was low, locked in, and didn't react very quick. On yeah, it. yeah. Just right? again, like not. It's just frustrating to see because, like again, this is the guy who I guess we decided to go. Don't want to say. Don't want to be like sit here and go all in on him, but like we did give up like we we got a third and seven to acquire like a, basically a guy who's like we gave up cap space for him. Yeah, but, which is yeah. the most valuable. Like I think it's that's the most valuable asset you can have, and I think they teams did peg him as the starter at the beginning the of the year. Yeah, but and but like is... but we all pegged him as like, hey, he's probably not going to be a good enough starter for us, and I think a lot of us were right about that. So yeah, um, but anyways, it's just gonna be tough now to keep Samson off after you have. Because you have Matt Murray now for next year, he's the only goal. He's going on LTIR. He's been injured I hope four so. times this year. I mean, I like how many injuries? Has we he like, we said one that, game in, but we but we said we said before the trade deadline that like he's probably not coming back, and then now he comes back, and it's like no, well, we knew he was coming back. I just didn't care when he came back. Yeah, yes, but that's just like, essentially a waste of five million dollars in cap space. Like you, you give a second round pick, and you get like you give a second round pick, and you for example, you get Nino Niederreiter, right? Like that's. The equivalent of like the value you're giving up by Four mil, yeah. keeping them yeah. around. So anyways, it's just tough because you you won't, you root for the player to come back. You root for him to have like a renaissance career, but I think he just might be done. He's done. Like he's just done. So he's done. Um I would be yeah, shy. I would be kind of surprised if he's healthy for playoffs. Yeah, like I, I feel like yeah, we, we we're kind of supposed to talk about the Oilers game, but like whatever. We we, we said all the nice things we did. It was a great game. Let's Mitch Marner four takeaways. Fantastic. Like again, our big boys came home for us, and like that's what swung it. The big exactly. boys. That exactly. Was, that's that's all you needed to like from that game. Awesome game to watch. Lots of fun. Lots of excitement. Refereeing was horrible in this one. I'm I'm not one to criticize the refereeing. Just the decision making on it just was broken, and that's where I didn't like. I didn't like it, but overall, a very very exciting game to watch and one to watch back. Even too. yeah, it was and, just it was so fun. Funny that you bring that up because I completely forgot about that. How did how did John Tavares get fined? I get why he got fined. He slashed the guy, but like also like got him good. What are we doing here? Like there's so many. Why did he slash him? Yeah, because he was getting literally (laughs) abused. It was crazy. So and why did on that play he slashed him? He got fined for that play. What happened though? I don't even remember. Was it it an Oilers power play? No, no. They gave DeHarnay a penalty after that. Offsetting. Yeah. So like, but if Tavares doesn't slash him, what was the call? It was nothing. Yeah. So how does that make sense? The same thing with the Matthews play. Same thing with Matthews. McDavid slashes the stick out of his hand when the Leafs have the puck and they blow it dead and they go, no, both of you. 
that that's not how you ref a game at yeah. any sort of level. That it was broken. Anyways, that aside. So yeah, um, you you were you were mentioned. We've that, been dancing around it. You want to get into eleven and seven or goaltending? Well, like let's just quickly like let's quickly wrap up goaltending because I feel like we kind of got into that. Like so, okay. you you said you wouldn't. Samsonov is the game one Sam, starter. Yeah, one thousand like, percent. If Samsonov is not playing for us in the playoffs, we should. Be Matt scared. Murray does not look good. Matt Murray does not look like he did in December whenever he, that Dallas game occurred. He looks injured and. Oh, what do you mean he doesn't look the same? Okay, well, when someone gets injured several times in a season, they're obviously not going to look the same at the end of the season as they did beginning of the season, especially someone that pretty much just had to spend all summer rehabbing to get ready for the season. He's had several different injuries. He's had an ankle injury, core injury, I believe, upper body, lower body. His whole body has been injured, and you can tell right now. There's plays where when the puck's moving side to side, he's never square to the... On quick plays, he's never square to the puck. The Oilers missed, like, several open nets on him as well. Like, he's... like We're seeing the same issues that we knew coming into this year that we were told, oh, he's been improving on these. Well, the more... The closer to periods in which he gets put on LTIR, the more you start to notice it. Low and locked, where his legs are just wildly spread apart. He starts to hunch a lot, and like the form just just doesn't look there. Like I said, he made a nice breakaway save on on the the Sabers in the Sabers game to keep it two two. Yeah, but like look where he ended up. He was he almost did a one eighty on that play. Yeah, he it's, just does not look healthy. You need Samsonov healthy and ready to go for playoffs because. I really did not like seeing what I saw from the past two games from Matt Murray. Yeah, the, and the scary part is that we don't know if Samsonov is 100% because well, he's we, not right we know he's, he's not 100% nicked. They said nicked. nicked up, so, so like, we'll see. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and I don't know. Coaches Got, got co- hitting the balls pretty good, apparently, in warm-up. Yeah, coaches also never like to like make things bigger than they are. So when they're saying like they, they like to minimize things, not like inf- yeah. conflate things and, and make them seem bigger than they are. So, yeah, it's a little scary that – that happened, and and it's going to be something interesting to see if like who starts next game because uh, we're, we're playing the Avalanche at home, and it's like I wonder if um, if Murray will like play again, right? Because if we're gonna if we're if we're looking at emergency recall territory for like let's say Ilya Samsonov, yeah, Joseph, like will Joseph Wall come in? Like is he? Do we have space? I think we have space for him. So uh, yeah, like would would I'd he come in? So. I I don't know. So. Uh, keep an eye on that on Twitter heading into next game. But going into the playoffs, then, so you would rather have Joseph Wall as your backup than Matt Murray? Ooh. Backup-wise? Like, backup not playing-wise, Matt Murray. But because just for, like, moral support, keeping Samsonov's head right. Like, you say, oh, these are cliche. No, like, these actually do matter. Mm-hmm. Like, look at why did why did Tampa Bay on their two cup runs? Why did they have Curtis McElhinney as the backup? Because he's good in case Vasilevsky gets hurt. No. He had an eight seventy one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, obviously Brian Elliott even like, yeah. he's a veteran. He's he's an RA goaltender still too. But you keep that veteran there. Keep like they've been through the playoffs before. Like Matt Murray has two cups. Like they've been around the block. They know things about the starting goal. Like keeping them focused. Keeping the keeping things loose on the bench in between whistles, all of that, like just someone to push them a little bit, you know, not playing Matt Murray. Sure. Playing. I mean, Joseph wall, obviously is like, he hasn't been playing in the NHL this year. You obviously don't want to be stuck in a situation where Joseph wall is playing in the playoffs. I do like Joseph wall. I really am curious to see him get a full NHL season next year. But it's a little concerning if he has to start for you in the playoffs. Well, obviously, I'm not not saying start. The only the only real scenario where this would happen would be if, unfortunately, Ilya Samsonov yeah. were to get hurt, because it's like clear we we expect him to start. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, in that situation, I'd actually rather go for the mystery box than Matt Murray no, because I because really, how much worse could he be than Matt Murray? Probably a lot. You think and so? What I point to, yes, and this is something that what I point to, Kachikov last year. Yeah. Was like AHL goaltender of the year, I think, probably. If not, he had like a nine twenty, nine thirty save percentage. Awesome in the AHL last year. I think played a couple games in the NHL. He looked very promising. What what are the numbers last year? Yeah, so he had last a nine sixteen in the A or sorry, that was this year. Nine twenty one in the AHL, fifteen games played, That's two the playoffs. 
2.09 goals. What about during the regular season? For for the AHL team? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the AHL. Those are his AHL stats. Oh. Nine twenty one save yeah, percentage. Yeah, a little bit odd there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nine twenty one save percentage looked awesome in the AHL. In the playoffs, he looked scared shitless. He got put in in bad, bad at bad times. I believe he had to start a game too. He looked scared shitless, and it is scary. Look at Ville Uso last year. What happened with Ville Uso? Put up by like a nine eighteen with St. Louis. Looked awesome through the regular season. A little bit up and down, whatever. They decide he's the game one starter for the playoffs. Did they want him in against Colorado the next series? No. Why? He got outplayed by Jordan Binnington. The playoffs are a little bit of a... It's the same thing with starting pitchers. There's that extra pressure in the playoffs. It's like not everyone, especially young goalies, are going to look like they did in the regular season. It's just a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more pressure. So that's where I'm like... Joseph Wool really could lay an egg. Can I, can I make a? He ca- could also play awesome. Like that is possible as well. Yeah. But can I make a counterpoint to that? Yeah. In the last thirteen games, Matt Murray's played. He has an eight seventy five save percentage. Kochakov in the playoffs had an eight sixty nine. So is there? <laughs> okay. it's, there's All really right. that number. Not, right. not really that much of a like. It, it's like you're essentially getting that. <laughs> like. Yeah, I'd rather six percent better save percentage, right? But numbers don't lie. The mis- the mystery box, though, you never know, right? right. We, we, you could have like a listen. If if we're talking about like a distribution of like Joseph it's Wall being like fifty, like there's a fifteen percent chance that he's going to play better than Matt Murray in the playoffs. I will take that. The five percent chance that he'll play that better than Matt Murray. Eight, I'll take that. that. Means there's an eighty five percent chance he doesn't play better. Yeah, but like, oh but like th- that that to me. If you have Matt Murray, you're an odds guy. If you have, but if you have Matt Murray playing for you in the playoffs, I think you're done regardless. You lose no matter what. It'll be tough. Like that's what I. That's that's what I unfortunately feel and believe. So yeah, I mean, who knows? I maybe I could be wrong. Maybe he plays better. He's like he has to get healthy. One cups before. I don't think it's. I don't think. I really don't think it's a. He needs to get back into speed. Blah blah blah. Like I just don't think he's that healthy right now. So then, but then that that even that makes me want Wall more. Like I'd rather have a healthy guy than a not healthy guy. Yeah, I guess. Even if the healthy guy is potentially worse than like the healthy guy had his full health, right? So maybe he comes out. Maybe games is what he needs. I don't think the last thing you need is an e bug in the playoffs. That is the very last thing you need, right? No, the last thing we need (laughs) the one after Joseph Wall. It's Eric Schalgren. Yeah. Hey, he is. He's talk about shout out in the playoffs when he's played. Well, that's not a shutout. That's not considered a shutout. He is not allowed he to play zero goal goals against. against. So zero playoff goals against. So maybe that's what we need. But anyways. he didn't lend in a goal that game. I guess that's true. No, it was, it was yeah. like for like five minutes. I think that was the game we were winning like seven. Like a, no, we lost. Five. We lost by a lot that game, and that was the game that Campbell and Keith started arguing. Remember, they were gonna, they were they were going to pull Campbell because he let in a goal, and then they were like, oh, it's a five on three against. We'll keep him in there, and then we'll put in Shalgren. And Campbell started to make some saves, and then they pulled him anyways. And then he got into a discussion with Sheldon Keefe on the bench. And then they're like, no, like, get off the ice. Yeah. That was embarrassing. But that's what happened. Yeah. Anyways. um, Yeah, plain and simple with the goaltending. I don't understand how it's a radio debate right now, which it is, or a TV debate anything. Like, it's Samson off, guys. Matt Murray looks really bad right yeah, now. Yeah, I think it just was a radio debate before. Well, I don't know. Honestly, no, it, still it still is. is. still is, yeah. So I'm still seeing it. So, listen, it's probably going to perpetuate, and I would probably guess that Matt Murray plays at least two of the next four games as well. That's my Unless he gets probably. hurt. So he might get hurt. That's, that's not like a bold take, but yeah. That's well, probably what's going Matt been. Murray gets hurt? No, the, the two, like two of the next four. In two of the next four? No, like he plays two of the next four games. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I mean, like he's just played the last two. So we'll, we'll see what Samson looks like. And yeah, keep make sure you keep your yeah. eye out for uh, any emergency recalls. Or I mm-hmm. guess, are they even emergency recalls? Because there's, no there's no more roster cap, correct? Like there's no 23. It's, you can go over the 23-man roster can, yeah. so long as you're compliant with the cap. Um, I'm not sure. I know Alex Steves was recently on emergency recall. Oh, okay. So, so who knows? That's not for us to figure out. So anyways, moving on to the next thing. 11 and seven, 12 and six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
what do you prefer? If the playoffs started right now, are you going 11 and with Ryan O'Reilly healthy? Are you going 11 and 7 or 12 and 6? Uh, sorry, 12 and 6. Um, yeah, 12 and 6. And the deployment of the team, uh, for me, is there any situation in which you would go 11 and 7 in the playoffs? Honestly, maybe just because uh, you need some caveats if you're going 11-7. Like I said earlier, I'd rather them play like a strong top four, which we don't have. But minutes-wise, I'd rather them play like strong top four minutes with four players. I don't know who that that would be. That'd probably be Riley, McCabe, Brody, and then one of, can't be Giordano because he's on the left side, one of Lilligran, Hall, or Shen. Not saying it's gonna be or it should be any of those guys. I don't. I don't want to have to decide that right now. It's like want to think about it a little more. But yeah, we got to look to Tampa and look at teams that have used it and use it successfully. Like I, that's that's kind of how I would roll with it, and then let uh, that be. There would be Hall, Giordano, and Shen or. So you're Lilligan. giving your you're giving your ideal playoff lineup right now. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe. Sorry. Go through it one more so, time. The some form of a top four. So my ideal playoff lineup has TJ Brody and Jake McCabe playing thirty minutes every night. That's my ideal playoff lineup. Not twenty, not maybe not thirty, twenty-five to thirty minutes yeah. playing okay. the the majority of minutes in a shutdown role because that's what I feel gives us the best chance to win the game when those guys play the most for us on the back end. The next pair for me would be like I. I it's just, I can't negotiate with this. I'm not going to be able to talk to Sheldon Keith. So Morgan Riley's going to have to be on there with with probably Timothy Lilligren or Luke Shen or Justin Hall. Justin Hall is a no go for me. Uh, Timothy Lilligren, I'm doing this by process elimination. Like Timothy Lilligren looks his best in that right now in that bottom six role with Mark Giordano. So I'm more comfortable deploying that, and then we'll see what Shen Shen can do with him. I guess so. Maybe guys will jump up into that spot maybe a little bit more, but yeah, it'd be those Riley plus the two other guys dominating those minutes. And then we kind of rotate that bottom four, bottom three. Yeah, you already man. know Morgan Riley's playing over 20. I ideally not though. Like, unfortunately, like, like at, fi- at five on five, I don't think that should happen. I think shouldn't at five on five, he should be third or fourth in minutes played for us. I'm kind of surprised they haven't put McCabe with Riley at all. They, they did at practice. They did at a practice. No, no, was, no, they did Hall. Hall and McCabe. And McCabe. Yeah, 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 okay. It's kind of funny. But yeah. I, I think it's because they envision McCabe on the left side permanently. Yeah. That's probably what they see. So, yeah, yeah there's that. And then, do you want to get into the four lines? Or is it just this, I guess, what, what do you For think? defense, I like, again, playoffs, why do you need, like, what's the seventh defenseman going to do? What is a defenseman, a professional defenseman, going to do in the playoffs, I like guess the seventh defenseman. Take a look at Colorado last year. So Sam Gerrard got injured, but he was playing over 20 minutes a night before he got injured. Like the reason he's at 1759 t- average time on ice is because he played 59 seconds one game because he got injured. The top defensive deployment, Kael McCarr, 27 minutes total time on ice. Devin Taves, 2553. Bowen Byram, 1922 and Josh Manson 1711. Like, and then after that, it's Eric Johnson 17 minutes, and all the way down here, we got Jack Johnson at 11 minutes. 11 minutes is low. Like, you're not, like, it's going to be tough to get back up for that next shift. You're going to be, times going to be, at times you're going to be sitting there for like 20 minutes straight on the bench. Yeah, like, you almost don't want to put someone out there. Oh, eight minutes a game, they just kill penalties. Or they just play the power play. No, you're going to get out there. You're going to fumble the puck around, and you're going to get scored on, like plain and simple. I still remember Chicago had a situation when they won the Cup. They had Trevor Van Riemsdyk playing. He was a young, he was pretty young at the time, and there was an instance where he sat on the bench for like a good half an hour straight, maybe even more. He got on the ice. He had cement legs, obviously, and he got scored on. It's like, what, what do you expect to happen? Like, what, are you going to put him on the treadmill in between periods? Like, that seventh defenseman, you're going, you need to load. So what I'm trying to get at, like you said, you need to load up that top four. Heavy. Like, we, you need to load, and I feel like they're going to do it. McKay, Brody, 
possibly 25 minutes a night. And then whoever, 20, and then so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That seventh defenseman, like, I don't care if it's Gustafson, he's going to play the power play. Shen, he's going to kill penalties. They would end up playing, like, seven minutes a night. And on top of this, to further my point right now, none of the Leafs, like, not many of the Leafs defensemen are hitting 20 minutes a night in terms of time on ice. They're not getting those reps, and it looks horrible. Like, the, the D has not been that great. Like, 7D has been up and down, I'll call it, yeah. at best. But, like, against Buffalo, like, Giordano under 14 minutes. Like, Hall, 15 minutes. Like, these guys don't like playing that little. It's tough to get up for those next shifts up. Like, like especially if you're Giordano, you're an older guy, you really need that feel. Yeah, he looked his best when he's playing 20 minutes a night. It's yeah. crazy. Like I know you want to reel it back because he's 39. Yeah. You want him fresh for the playoffs. But it's like... The 7D can get really... I feel like it's almost more inconsistent. Yeah. So, and I understand. With 11 forwards, oh, now you get more opportunities to play Matthews more, Marner more, Nylander more, Tavares more. But guess what? If you have 12 forwards, who cares who's sitting on the bench and playing five minutes? You still need to put them out more. Yeah. That's not an excuse. Oh, we have 12 forwards. We need to to play first line, and then we need to play the second line, and then the third, and then the four. We need to roll all four. No, no. That, not P- that's not, not we're not excuse. playing peewee hockey here it we're does not. not matter you need to go 12 and 6 in the playoffs you need to play and but essentially you need to go 9 and 4 right yeah like if you're fourth line like zach aston reese should be not be playing more than seven minutes a night in the playoffs yeah that's it go out there throw a hit get back to the bench plain and simple yeah um, uh, any objections nope and like one, one thing i do want to say though is the the assumption of uh, if we are going 11 and seven, that probably means that Matthew Nyes is not like effective for us in the playoffs, which might be like a scary thing. To, and I know that's just like, we'll see. I, we have to see. He still has to no, get no, his tryout. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, it, I'm just yeah. saying like, if we do, like if it comes playoff time and we're seeing 11 and seven, that's probably what that means. Right. Because like, listen, we're not, we're not going to be scratching like Noah Chari. We're not scratching David camp. And then after that, you're, you're getting into like our, top nine forwards. Like we're probably not going to scratch the guy we just traded for Sam Lafferty. We're probably not going to scratch Aaron Kirk, not going to scratch Kerfoot. Like what's no. who's left. The, there's no room now. So anyways, yeah, yeah. that's just uh, another thing to consider if, if the seven D does become a thing, but yeah, like I do playoffs. It shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Did I, Tampa go seven D in the playoffs last year. Not last year, but the year before they did but go like, seven. Yeah. They just, they're, they still loaded up top. I wonder how they, that... when they do the 11 and seven, they always load up top four. So yeah, uh, and I think last year, I want to say that they spread out their minutes a little more, but in the sense that I'm pretty sure it was like Sergachev was on their third pair, but also like was third on, on their team in ice time. So, because he was playing with. Yeah, last Ruta. year it was Anyways, yeah. Hedman 24 40, McDonough 22 26, Sergachev 22 17, Cernak 19 20, and then all the way down here you have Yan Ruta 13 09. Zach Bogosian played it almost every game. He played twelve thirty four, and then Kalen Foot also eleven thirteen, eleven twenty nine in here. But it's like also like how effective was Kalen Foot in the playoffs? It wasn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like he didn't really need him there. So yeah, so they did play seven at times last year, but how effective that was, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Anyways, um. So yeah, that's the eleven and seven debate. Like I, I don't, I don't think that should be a thing in the playoffs. Sure, right now to try to keep guys fresh, but again, it's going to be inconsistent game to game. I feel like, right? Um, yeah. So, did we have anything else? That's, uh, do you want to talk about Sam Lafferty a bit? Fourth line, like he's been playing terrible. Sam Lafferty. All right, that was Ask a quick who, one. two games. He's been playing terrible. Fourth line. What was his, his expected goals last game? 9%? Zero. Like, he had zero expected goals for. <laughs> you said zero? Like, oh. 0.01 expected goals for. So, essentially, like, he uh, he, far, he farted and it, the puck blew towards the net. This is what oh, they my said. God. He was at 1.19, according to Natural Stat Trick, at 5-on-5. Five five. And they scored two goals against when he was on the ice. And he played 10-42 at That's five expected five. against? No, total goals, like actual goals against was two. Oh, yeah. And they were off of defensive miscues from him where he's standing in no man's land. Again, yeah. that was part of my evaluation when I, we, before we brought him in. Like, he, he, 
he looked good against the Devils. We'll give him that. He was he has not been very like Edmonton again. We said that Matthias Ekholm goal was largely he got that time and space because Sam Lafferty was nowhere to be found against uh, the Sabers. Like more puck chasing didn't generate anything. It's been a couple two tough games. I'm not giving up on him. I still think he he's got that speed and all that, but he's got to be far more aware of where he is on the ice because that was just an ugly performance. Especially if we foresee him playing any center at all. He's got to be a lot more aware in the oh, yeah. defensive zone. Oof. But, hey, at least other way, other than the Sabres game, he looks not he lo- didn't look too bad two weeks ago. So let's just hope that this week was just a little rut, trying to get acclimatized with the team and trying to figure stuff out. Still, he's still new. So we'll give him, give him his time because, again, the first week that he was here, he looked good. And the second week, he looked horrendous so yeah um and then i guess the last thing we have is like nolichari in the fourth line is nolichari the best fourth line player who's ever worn at least jersey <laughs> he had a horrible turnover against ba- that breakaway save i mentioned from matt murray guess why it was a breakaway save no nolichari turned the puck over yeah, yeah. in the offensive zone but um but yeah he's been good he had a very good game against edmonton you have to mention that game i mean yeah. what was it seven shots on goal five hits two goals, two goals. Yeah. he looked Really, really good. I, at times, that that line really cycles the puck and forechecks very well, um, getting themselves the puck as well. Like when you look at that first Nolachari goal, what happened? They weren't the first to the puck off the faceoff, but they were able to get the puck back a little bit of cycle down low, a nice one timer. Skinner made made the save he needed to, and then bang in the back of the net. Like he's been effective. Um, yeah, he's been effective. He's been good. He kills penalties. Hasn't been like amazing, stupendous, but like yeah, he's, he's been good. a solid he's, bottom sixer. He's, he's been good, what we needed, exactly. And again, like there's, I just I apologize because he's not the best fourth line player on the Leafs. That was Jason Spezza. Um, but speaking of Jason Spezza, like I feel like we talked about a lot this year, like trying to fill that hole that Jason Spezza left. And I'm not going to say Nolichari obviously does not fill that hole anywhere near to what Jason Spezza did offensively. But I think, like, energy-wise and character-wise, I think he's a good fill-in for that. Oh, yeah. That, like, role. So Intangibles. Exactly. He has those intangibles. And, and he hits, too. So, hey, he hits. So mm. And he can score. So, yeah. Like like, like in the fourth line build here. Yeah. You want to hear a stat from the Edmonton game? Cam Sharon has Austin Matthews credited with zero entry attempts, offensive zone entry attempts against Edmonton. That's weird. Well, I guess that's, that's terrible. Yeah, but is that a function of like him playing with Kerfoot and Marner had seven each? Yes, maybe. Right. But that's kind of crazy that he's not generating anything. That's well, I I don't think it's maybe, it's just a it's just a stat. I don't think it's much of a relevant one. If if that continues to be a trend, I think that's going to be a problem. But I think it would be. I would think it would be an actual like oh like this is something to look at if it was if they didn't have seven total controlled entries between Kerford and Martin. Yeah. They had seven. Awesome Matthews just I mean zero attempts is But I I, I wonder if that's The only be- other player with zero attempts was Mark Giordano. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder That's crazy. I wonder if that's because that was for the Edmonton game, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that might have might have been excuse me, might have had to do with him playing Ooh. the role that he was playing with against Connor McDavid, maybe. Maybe mm. he was like, because from what I remember in 2020, we played so many games against Edmonton. Our main strategy was kind of just slap our center, like goal side of yeah. Connor McDavid almost all the time, and then just let everyone else do their thing and not worry about him. So maybe that's a function of it. But yeah, maybe that's something to keep an eye on. And is, if we're seeing that a trend, like then we should be more concerned because, yeah, Matthew's definitely. Definitely not looking like the old Matthews of last year, but uh, yeah, he had Connor McDavid at eight controlled zone entries yeah. on ten attempts. That's crazy. That's that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, his line mates had one each. <laughs> like, well, I would I would love to play for him, like play with him. That'd be a he's he's ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, trying to just take a peek, see if there's any other kind of. Out like numbers that are that stand out. Nothing really. I mean, yeah. it's again like we, it was a kind of slower week. So next week though should yeah. be good, right? We got we got a couple games. We, we got, got three or four games. Yeah, we have finally the, the Avs game coming up. Uh, that's going to be out to tonight, I guess, when people are listening to this. Yeah. Then we have the Friday game 
the St. Paddy's Day game, which is going to be a lot of fun against Carolina. Hopefully the fans are in there heckling Freddie Anderson if he's playing. Uh, or maybe he'll get a, a video tribute, or is that only they They, they kind of did it already. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Right. Are you like, making fun of the Campbell? <laughs> I, I called it, and I was right. I, forgot, I almost forgot about that. I called it, and I was right. So take that. Yeah, but video tribute. I'm amazing at guessing video <laughs> Who's going to get a video tribute and who's not? No, they're not going to do one. They already did yeah, one. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just teasing the video tributes. I feel like they're getting out of hand now. Every no. player, everyone, every Sam Lafferty's going to get one when they go back to Chicago. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Thanks for the picks. But yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, then I, I don't know who we play uh, after that. Play Carolina uh, and then Islanders on the uh, Tuesday. Islanders oh, here's the, a stat for you. So, the Leafs had three players who had three taken chances. So three shot chances, I believe it is, um, against the Oilers. Can you name the three players? That had three, what do you mean? Three chances taken. Like when you say like shots. Chance, like a. Like you shoot the puck and it's considered a scoring chance. Oh, and they at least only had three? No, there's three players with three. Oh, three players with three. I was like, yeah. I, I, okay. Uh, one of them is going to be Nolachari, I'm guessing. That was the, that was the surprise. Yes. Okay. One of them is Austin Matthews. Yes. The other one's John Tavares or William Nylander. Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matthews, wait, 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 Matthews led the sense. team with two chances set up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, nice. That's pretty interesting. Anyways, nice. that was all I had there. Yeah. But yeah, pretty slow week, but we got our licks in, I think. Yeah, and also I guess last little piece of news: O'Reilly will be back before the playoffs. That was confirmed. Yeah. So it was four weeks from a couple weeks ago. So couple more weeks and then he'll get his legs back under him uh, a couple for a couple games before we head into the playoffs but i think that was pretty much all we had for today sounds good uh, yeah anyways thanks everyone for listening go let's go